And now, a warrior for the Word of God and the Constitution of the United States, a Marine Corps veteran, a Harvard-trained attorney, Bishop of the Called Churches, and founder and president of STAND, staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening, your host, Bishop E. W. Jackson. And I am he. Great to be with you again today. Hope you all are enjoying the day. We've got some beautiful fall weather here in Virginia, about 70 degrees outside. I'm hoping to get out there before the sun goes down and enjoy a little of this nice mild weather. So I don't know what the weather's like where you are. I hope it's it's going well. Uh, the weather's very cold in Kenosha, Wisconsin, in more ways than one. Uh, but, you know, that may be a blessing in disguise because if it's very cold, that may put a damper on some of the the suspected response if this trial goes the wrong way from the leftist, the Black Lives Matter, Antifa perspective. If, in fact, Kyle Rittenhouse is found not guilty, I think they're going to try to stir up as much trouble as they can. I didn't know this, but I was listening to a reporter who used to work for The Daily Caller, and he said he traveled to riots around the country during that whole phase when we were having, what, 500 and 70 riots, I believe, in 200, over 200 locations, he said, and the Kenosha riot was the worst one he saw. And I thought, wow, now that's saying something. He said that was the worst he saw. Uh, so th- that does not portend well uh, if this trial outcome does not go the way some of these radicals want it to go. And here again, I said, I, I really believe based upon my reading of all the evidence and uh, and everything I saw. Now, I was not in the courtroom, and one always has to have a little bit of humility about that, that you're not there to hear every bit of the evidence. But I think I've seen enough to come to a conclusion, and the conclusion is that Kyle Rittenhouse acted in self-defense. And, you know, they can— you know, they can try to spin out, well, he shouldn't have been there. Maybe he shouldn't have been there. Probably would have been a good idea for him not to be there. But he didn't go there with nefarious intentions. He went there to try to help put out fires and to try to help people who had uh, injuries. And so he went there with a first aid kit. And, and uh, of course, he took a rifle with him because he understood he was going into a dangerous situation. And he might be forced to defend himself. But but I don't think that that was the reason why he went, hoping to get into some kind of shooting situation. And this kid seems to be a normal kid. And nobody goes into any situation hoping that they'll get shot at or have to shoot someone else. I mean, that would be insane. But I think he took the rifle knowing it might be necessary to, to help save his life or the life of someone else. And as it turned out, it was. And his having it was not illegal. So my, my prayer in this situation, folks, is that this jury is not now. You all probably heard this, but there was some unauthorized vehicle following the jury bus, which is blacked out so that you can't see the jurors through the bus windows. But somebody who claimed to be a representative of MSNBC, that has not yet been verified. And they say officials of MSNBC have denied that this person is in any way connected to MSNBC. But someone was stopped by the police claiming to be part of the MSNBC staff who was who said he was given orders to follow the bus. And and they arrested him, released him. uh, And apparently that matter is being investigated. But. My point is the judge, and I have no doubt the juries, uh, the jurors would be 
threatened and intimidated and basically told, you better find the way we want you to or there's going to be trouble. This is just like this guy uh, in New York, this um, so-called Black Lives Matter leader who said that if Mayor Eric Adams, who is also black, a former police captain with the NYPD, but that if he restores what they call the the um, plainclothes anti-crime unit, and I've heard about them, they were very, very effective under Mayor Giuliani and have been very effective since. They've now been dismantled by de Blasio in part of this defund the police process. And of course, we know that murders are up, way up in New York. and Crime is out of control. You've seen videos of people just committing brazen crimes in broad daylight, you know, beating up people, shooting people, and uh, that he's going to restore this anti-crime unit. And this Black Lives Matter loudmouth says um, if, if they go back to doing things that they did before, there's go- there are going to be fires, there's going to be riots, and there will be bloodshed. Yeah. So that tells you where they're coming from. That tells you these people are not about anything good for anybody. They're not about helping anybody. And they ought to, they ought to change their name from Black Lives Matter to getting black lives murdered because that's really what they've, they've served to do that more than anything else because 70% of the, of the increase in murders in our country and murders have spiked 30%, 70% of that increase is happening in the black community. Who are the victims? Cops aren't killing them. White supremacists aren't killing them. Racists aren't killing them. But thugs who are being released in a revolving door system that has been created under the guise of this is social justice. Well, the people who they're killing are not getting social justice. I've got to count now uh, since since the George George Floyd uh, incident. I've got a count of two hundred and thirty five innocent children murdered in our country since two hundred and thirty five innocent children murdered. How many of them have been killed by cops? None. None. Because I'm not talking about people involved. I'm not, we didn't even include that kid in Chicago, 13 years old, who was running around the streets that night, firing off his weapon, uh, apparently being gang initiated. He's not included. We've only included innocent children who were doing nothing wrong to anybody. 235 of them murdered. So where's Black Lives Matter on that? Nowhere to be found. They are in absentia. They are irrelevant. Irrelevant when black people are really being murdered. Oh, but they're highly relevant when they think they can blame a cop for some racist act that they can characterize that way anyway and get everybody stirred up and tear up property and tear up streets and and block streets. And I mean, this young girl, Sequoia Williams, down in Atlanta, she was killed at a black lives. I think she was seven years old. She was killed at a Black Lives Matter blockade. Her mother tried, wasn't trying to run over anybody, wasn't endangering anybody, tried to go around the blockade. The Black Lives Matter activist shot into the car and killed a little girl. No, she wasn't killed by a police officer. Well, I guess you all can tell, folks, I've just had it with this stuff. It's just it's, it's so it's so disgusting that it's, it's just beyond what 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 words can can fully express.
and you got all these stupid celebrities like LeBron James and and a bunch of other knuckleheads running around praising Black Lives Matter. And basically here again, change the change the shirts, change the T-shirts to Black Lives Murdered and go out and celebrate the fact, hey, we're getting more black people killed, everybody. Pat us on the back because that's exactly what it's resulted in. And it's 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 a travesty. I put my trust in a police officer, regardless of the complexion, who is somebody who's wearing that blue. I put my trust in him a thousand times before I trust a BLM activist. Because as far as I'm concerned, they're up to nothing but but evil. And those police officers out there now we know something, don't we? Since dismantle the police and uh, defund the police has started. Who's dying? A lot more black people. So you know what that means? That means the police officers were actually saving black lives. They are the ones for whom black lives really matter because they're saving black lives. And now that they have been marginalized, Black Lives Matter can brag that they're getting a lot more black people killed. Well, congratulations. We'll be back in a moment. This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. Although America is certainly a divided nation, the divisions between the various tribes are not as great as you might be led to believe. Yes, the social and political debates are loud and intense, but the fringe rather than the mainstream gets most of the attention. A study done by the group More in Common discovered the hidden tribes of America. The researchers discovered that a small group of the liberal wing and a smaller group on the conservative wing are the ones who consistently shout, post, and vote, while the rest of America is mostly exhausted by all the rhetoric. Here's an interesting contrast. On the one hand, these two groups hate each other and disagree with each other on just about every topic. On the other hand, they're very much alike. Both groups are mostly white, educated, and politically active. They always vote and give time and money to political campaigns. But here is the relevant fact. The two groups combined only constitute 14% of the American population. In other words, 86% of most of us watch and listen to these two groups argue and criticize each other while ignoring the many points in common we might have. This shouldn't be a surprise to you if you've been listening to my commentaries for any length of time. In the past, I've talked about various points of agreement. For example, Dirk Philipson made the argument many years ago that you could fill a room with Tea Party members, Occupy Wall Street activists, and concerned Americans, and find agreement. He says you would find people concerned about concentrated power, out-of-control change, and concerns about a government that no longer represents the people. After this divisive election season, we need to find a way to bring the American people together. We won't bring people together if we let the two fringe wings of the political spectrum dominate all of our discussions. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point of view. For a free copy of Kirby's booklet, A Biblical View on Critical Race Theory, go to viewpoints.info slash CRT. It gives an impetus to share your faith when you think you've got answers to objections that you expect people to bring up. The American Family Studios video series, Intro to God's Revelation, featuring Dr. Richard Howe, shows how God has revealed Himself in nature and His Word, and how we can rightly understand what God has said. These truths are just a part and parcel of the Christian life. It isn't just for the professional clergy. Learn the fundamentals of how to approach and understand the Bible in an age of skepticism. 
This six-week video curriculum is perfect for your Sunday school class or study group, and it can prepare you to give a defense of God's Word and how He speaks to us in nature. Knowing whether and how God communicates is a safeguard against false claims about God communicating. Intro to God's Revelation, DVDs and workbook are available for purchase at afastore.net or call 877-927-4917. When you die, are you going to heaven or not? You can know for sure Heaven or not.net. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Folks, we're going to be joined momentarily by Congressman Congressman Bob Good. He is the congressman from the 5th Congressional District of Virginia. Uh, He's been held up. Of course, this happens uh, up on the hill. They get called away for votes and and unexpected things happen. But he will be joining us momentarily to talk to us a little bit about what is going on on Capitol Hill right now. I'm sure you all are seeing uh, they they are they are absolutely demonically bent (laughs) on spending us into oblivion. Nancy Pelosi and her cohorts to spending us into oblivion. We're going to talk to him a little bit about the so-called infrastructure bill, uh, maybe a little bit, too, about the 13 Republicans who joined in and why, why they would be possessed to do that. What, what, what is wrong with them? And, and also talk a little bit about what it's going to take to get us back on track if Republicans manage to take over Congress, because right now we are in a spending frenzy that is driving inflation and I'm sure you all are reading also that a lot of these leftists are dismissing this as just whining by rich people. They're dismissing inflation. Oh, well, hey, no, no big deal. No big deal. What, what is everybody all worked up about? They're just absolutely dismissive when it is not the wealthy who are inf- affected by inflation, or at least certainly their lives don't change. Their lifestyles don't change. It's the American people. Uh, the, the average person out there working who can find his or her wealth eroded literally by 10, 15, 20 percent in a very short time. If you've got prices going up at 5 percent a month, if that becomes an average, that is going to have a devastating impact on the pocketbooks of the average American. I, I mean, devastating. And people are treating it like it's just, oh, it's no big deal. Here again, folks, you really do, you you sit back and marvel how they can have such utter disregard for the American people. You you just really do. You sit sit back in awe. I mean, Biden's even blaming, blaming the energy industry. But, you know, the energy industry wasn't having any difficulty with inflation during the Trump administration. And President Trump had us with energy independence. And you would think if ever there were an opportunity to jack up prices, we're we're depending solely on our domestic production, that would have been the opportunity. But we didn't see a spike in prices. In fact, we saw prices go down. And now they're going up, and we've got got President Joe Biden begging Saudi Arabia and OPEC to produce more oil. It just, it, it, 
you just have to to sit back and awe and say, what alternate universe do they live in that they they seem to be committed to doing anything they can to hurt the American people? I read an article today uh, about uh, the erosion of the, the the American paycheck, and. We are being told by the Biden administration that that's not happening. In fact, um, uh, Pocahontas up in Massachusetts, Elizabeth Warren, is saying, oh, the economy is great. Now, she's a multimillionaire. Yeah, the economy is great. So you just, I don't, I don't even understand how, you've got to be thoroughly indoctrinated, I guess, to, to even elect these people. Because what they're basically telling you is you don't matter to them. And yet you vote for them and put them in office. It's it to me, it's 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 kind of political suicide to do that and 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 operating against your own interest to do that. But I guess people are indoctrinated enough that they just feel like, well, if you got a D beside your name, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter how bad you, badly, how badly you hurt me. It doesn't matter what you do to my family. It doesn't matter what you do to my income. It doesn't matter what you think of me as a human being. Just, uh, you know, you got a D beside, behind, behind your name. That's all that matters. But that, here again, that's political suicide. But it wouldn't be the first time that a bunch of people drank the Kool-Aid thinking that they were doing something good and right and noble. And that seems to be what's happening right now. Did you hear, um, this is not new, uh, but Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas has said that the first goal with regard to the border is not border security. That is not his goal. He said his first goal is, quote, unquote, justice. Now, look, not justice for the American people. And by the way, that article I was telling you about made clear that one of the pressures, the downward pressures on American uh, income is the influx of illegal immigrants. That one of the reasons why our income went up under President Trump was that President Trump put a stop to the influx of illegal immigrants, which puts rage, downward wage pressure on the American people because you've got a bunch of, of people coming into the country who will undermine your wages and do work at a much cheaper rate because, of course, they have lower standards and they, you know, can get paid under the table and you name it. But it puts downward pressure on American wages. And as soon as President Trump secured the border, guess what happened? That wasn't the only factor, but this article makes clear that was a factor in causing American wages to go up that we didn't have the downward pressure of competing with illegal immigrants who have much lower wage standards. And you got Mallorca saying his issue is not, he's not most concerned about border security. He's more concerned about justice. And, and by the way, not justice for the American people, you see, because eroding your wages, you go out and you work and people work to make what you earn worth less in order to make people who aren't even citizens and have no right to be here make more and be rewarded while you are undermined as an American citizen, where's the justice for the American worker? Where's the justice for the American people? Well, here again, I just don't think that factors in. 
And Mayorkas basically said it. Look, Senator Cotton asked him, he said, um, are you satisfied that two and a half times as many illegal immigrants have crossed into the country this year compared to last year? Here's Mayorkas' answer. No, I'm not, but worse is to promulgate and operationalize a policy that defies our values as a nation. What? I mean, that's, that's basically open borders. That's really what he's saying. Yeah, I'm not happy that that many illegal immigrants is coming, which he's lying. I think he is. But I'd rather have all these illegal immigrants coming in than to operationalize policies that are against our values. You know, I used to hear Obama talk about this. And I think to myself, you don't have a clue what American values are. You're making up your, your own warped, perverted values and you're calling those American values. Okay, we've got Congressman Bob Good with us. Congressman, I know you're busy up there, but thanks for taking the time to speak to the American people in your district, by the way, and all across the nation. Welcome. Thank you, Bishop Jackson. Great to be with you. Apologies for keeping you waiting, uh, but uh, just got off the floor and, and great to be with you as always. I understand. No apology necessary. Well, so first, tell us what is going on up there, because, you know, we just saw this so-called infrastructure bill passed. And uh, I know you didn't vote for it. Most Republicans didn't. A few did and and got it passed. But we're told that not 20 percent of the thing is actually for bridges and roads and the kind of infrastructure that we really need fixed in our country. Yes, uh, the the one point two trillion dollar phony infrastructure bill that was passed with sadly 13 Republicans carrying them across the finish line. I call them the Biden 13. Uh, but only 10 percent, about 110 billion is what we would consider to be true traditional infrastructure as opposed to phony uh, you know, investment in, in Green New Deal type stuff, trying to uh, force us into electric vehicles, money into Amtrak, billion, tens of billions of dollars, uh, trying to change our cities to make it harder for us to travel like bike lanes and uh, that are not used around Washington, D.C. and other cities like that. It gives a slush fund to Pete Buttigieg of $100 billion to spend on crazy woke policies. It's trying to fix racist infrastructure, whatever the heck that means. We had Buttigieg try to explain that. That's when a highway is built between neighborhoods or a bridge is not tall enough or underpass or something like that. I mean, it's unbelievable they would do that. It's going to take us to $30 trillion in national debt before they pass the Build Back Bankrupt bill, potentially as, as soon as today. Look, we are, I think the American people are hoping that we'll have a change of regime. Are, are we going to be able to undo some of this damage if, if you and your Republican colleagues manage to get control of the House and, and, and maybe even the Senate as well and then get a Republican president? Can, can we undo some of this stuff? I mean, there's got to be some hope that we can at least uh, reverse some of the damage. If we have genuine courage and sustained resolve, yes, we can. However, that's difficult in this climate to find people with sustained resolve and courage, as we both know. Uh, The problem with the Build Back Bankrupt bill that they're going to try to ram through with no Republican support, hopefully, is that it brings 150 new government programs uh, included with that free preschool, free child care, free college uh, amnesty for tens of millions, we can't roll that back, tens of millions of illegal aliens who are here in our country, grows the welfare straight, state, grows Obamacare, uh, grows just uh, Green New Deal policies, a war on American energy, 
It's just it's Bernie and AOC's budget. And so even with just the House a year from now, we could stop things. We can't get past things the president will likely sign. So, again, that's why it will take courage in the interim and sustained resolve to make real, true change. Now, look, are you able to stay? Because we're going to we're going to hit a break here in about 30 seconds or so. Are you able to stay over and talk to me a little bit longer? Do you have to get back? Yes, sir. We'll be glad to stay with you. We kept you waiting, so we'll stay with you. All right. Thank, thank you. Congressman Bob yep. Good is with us. We'll it's be back. It's my turn. Here is your host for my turn, Don Wildman. Most of us remember reading a short verse of scripture in the book of Proverbs. Train up a child in the way he should go. I saw a tragedy last Sunday morning. I hope I see it again next Sunday morning. For I'd rather see the tragedy I saw than a greater one I fear will eventually occur. I'll call him Johnny. That's not his name, but for our purpose, that's what I'll call him. Johnny's in elementary school. He's in his formative years, and Johnny is the tragedy, or miracle as it may turn out to be. You see, Johnny came to Sunday school and worshiped by himself last week. He's been doing it for some time now. Sometimes Johnny will ride with a neighbor to the church. Sometimes when the weather is good, he'll walk. Sometimes a member of his family will bring Johnny to the church and drop him off. Now, what's the tragedy I saw? Just that. Someone in Johnny's family bringing Johnny, dropping him off to go by himself. Johnny's father and mother have something else to do more important. And so Johnny managed to get to the place that would give him some direction in life all by himself. The story is repeated often in our society. However, I'm afraid it doesn't happen enough, for most Johnnies never manage to get to Sunday school and worship. They simply find more important things to do, like the rest of the family. How long little Johnny will continue to see to it that he gets himself to a place that can give him moral and spiritual instruction and guidance? I don't know. I hope he'll find strength in himself to continue the habit, but I'm afraid that one day Johnny will find it easier to sleep, or one Sunday the family will make some plans that will require Johnny to be away, and that will be followed by another Sunday with some more plans, and another, and another. I guess what I'm really saying is that the pack is stacked against Johnny. The chances of his continuing his present habits are small. The odds against him are too heavy. Johnny will find further down the road that his visits to the house of God will have to cease. The family has other things to do, more important. Johnny is not a poor boy. His family is one of means. They have what most families long for, two cars, a fine home, modern conveniences, the whole works. Now, they're not millionaires, but they're well over the poverty line, materially speaking. And that's the tragedy. Johnny's family gives him everything he needs except what he needs the most. And I guess if you ask them, Johnny's family would say they love him. Certainly there would be an emptiness in their home should Johnny suddenly die. But like I said, Johnny's chances are slim. There's just too much going against him. There's always that slight hope for a miracle, however. So I guess we can hope. But in a few years, if Johnny doesn't make it and he turns out wrong... Don't be too hard on him, for as a youngster, he he really tried. Oh, incidentally, John is not kin to you, is he? This has been My Turn with Don Wildman, a production of the American Family Association. 
The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Folks, my guest is Congressman Bob Good. I want to say to those of you listening to me right now in the 5th District of Virginia, we do have a radio station there, so I know you're listening. Pray for this man. Support him. Pray for his family because he really is a gem to have in the Congress of the United States, both for you and for the American people. So, so Bob, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate and respect the job that you're doing uh, and the servant's heart that you have to serve your constituents. Um, we need we need more like you there, and that's that's what we need to pray for too. To send more people like you to Congress, so that we can really get something done. So, speaking of getting something done, um, we're being told that this infrastructure bill is going to ease inflation, and then they've got another one. This you said you call it the Build Back Bankruptcy Bill. How should we evaluate the fact that that we're being told that these bills are going to somehow make inflation? better, going to ease inflation pressure. Is there any truth to that at all? Yeah, the quick answer is no. Of course, they're lying. They're lying about the already passed 1.2 infrastructure. You know, Biden would whisper in the my hey, it's paid for. And what that means, it would be like, EW, you come on the car lot and I'm a car salesman. You're looking at that new Cadillac and I tell you, uh, hey, it's already paid for. It's free. It's already paid for. And what I mean is I've taken out a loan in your name and you owe the money. And frankly, I've sold you a lemon, too. So not only did you get a lemon, did you not get what you thought you were paying for, but you're paying more than it, than, than it was supposed to be cost, and your kids and your grandkids will be stuck paying the bill because you don't have the means to pay back that loan. That's what they're doing to the American people. We've got $30 trillion worth of debt with this new package. It's not paid for. this, And then the worst package, the worst and largest spending package in the history of the country, this 2 to $4 trillion, whatever it happens to be. You know, it's 2,500 pages, uh, uh, Bishop Jackson, and they haven't even scored it yet. We don't even, have a, we don't even know what it's going to cost yet. The CBO hasn't even finished it. They're going to vote on it anyway and pass it anyway. So we pass it, then we can figure out what it was that we passed. Uh, so it, it'll be two to four trillion dollars, uh, massively increase uh, our debt. It'll be it'll have the negative impact on inflation. As you know, we've already got too few uh, goods being chased by too many dollars as they print more and more dollars, and it's this inflation is being caused by Biden's policies of paying people not to work, locking and shutting things down with COVID mandates. Uh, forcing people to be fired because they don't get a vaccine they may not want or they may not need. And then at the same time, we're, we're spending ridiculously and we're declaring war on American energy. And that's rising up gas prices, which are costing everything else to increase in price as well. Well, look, I'm going to ask you one more question. Then I want to let you go. Um, the Democrat Party, you know, the, there are purported moderates uh, in the Democrat Party, we're told. Uh, Senator Manchin, um, uh, Senator but it, the party really seems to have become the party of AOC and Bernie Sanders now. Is, is, that, is that what we're looking at? Is the, is the moderate Democrat gone forever? They are. This Build Back Bankrupt is AOC and Bernie's budget. They're calling the shots. They're driving the train. Uh, and it absolutely reflects the most extremists. But there are no moderates. What you've got is you've got the uh, socialists who talk like moderates but vote like socialists, and you've got the communists who are the most extreme of the socialist group. It, it, for example, here in Virginia where we live, uh, not one Democrat has yet voted against any of the radical socialist agenda that's been advanced through this Congress in the first 10 months of this year. And they're all going to be all in on this spending package, too. So there are no moderates. There's just those who talk like it. They all vote the same. They all vote in lockstep with Pelosi, Maxine Waters, AOC and, and advancing the AOC Bernie agenda. 
Remember, uh, just one last thing. Remember the Democrats didn't want to be called socialists? Now they embrace it. It used to be Bernie was the crazy uncle. Nobody listened to him. He was the socialist. Now they embrace socialism. It's mainstream now for the Democrat Party. Well, listen, we're going to be praying for you because you're one of the people on the front lines to help save this country. So God bless you for the work that you're doing. Keep it up. And we'd love to have you come back again sometime when there's something you'd like to talk about uh, and and inform our audience of because, of course, everybody on this in this network who watches and listens to, this, listens to this network is profoundly concerned about the direction they're trying to take America. Thanks for the work you're doing. Thanks for your support and encouragement. Uh, keep up the fight, my friend. Congressman Good, thank you so much. God I bless you. you. Uh, folks, the number is 888-589-8840. Uh, you got it straight from someone in Congress. And I'll tell you, I really appreciate this man because he's a godly man. Uh, he immediately got there as a freshman and started providing leadership, started rallying people together. Uh, and I think that's extraordinary for somebody who's a freshman to be there actually having an influence. But I think when you come with convictions, it makes a difference. Uh, when you go just to get a name or to to have a title or to, to sit in a seat and have people call you congressman, that's one thing. But when you go because you love this country and you want to fight for some things that you think are critical to saving this nation, you get an entirely different kind of action from a person like that. And that's the kind of person he is. Again, the number is 888-589-8840. I'll start taking your calls as they come in. Uh, Let's see. We talked about the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, situation, and we'll see how all of that plays out. Uh, I mentioned to him, uh, well, actually, I mentioned to you before he came on, uh, Alejandro Mayorkas saying basically securing the border is not our priority. Uh, Our priority is justice for the illegal immigrants. That's the priority. Not not making it up, folks. That's the priority. So basically, the American people, you know, I say people say it's no longer America first, it's America last. No, it's worse. It's America never. I think that's where we are. I think it's America never. America doesn't matter ever. Something else, somebody else is always. Joe Biden has not brought up with the communist Chinese this COVID situation, which we know came from Wuhan, China. And I think we all know that it came out of that Wuhan laboratory. But leaving us, we know it came from China. He hasn't even broached the subject with Xi Jinping. I guess he doesn't want to interfere with Hunter Biden's cash flow. Uh, that this is, uh, folks, we have we have truly been sold down the river uh, by people who, in my view, could really care less about the American people, could care less about you and me, and they care about lining their own pockets, about about advancing and maintaining and preserving their own sense of power and status. Uh, and what happens to the rest of us is just irrelevant. It's just collateral damage as long as what they want gets advanced. You know, I was thinking about this. I, I heard President Obama speaking, former President Obama speaking not too long ago uh, in one of the rallies in Virginia. It didn't work. But one of the things he said struck me, and I thought, well, that's his attitude. He said, we're, we're going to win because we're human beings, you know, I sort of listened to him talking, and I realized he never mentions Americans. He never, never acknowledged we are Americans and therefore X, Y, Z. No, uh, we're humans. See, I think they really see themselves as transcending 
petty little things like our national boundaries and our national interests. I think they see themselves as transcendent. And they're, they're citizens of the world. And they're, 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 they've got a higher calling than serving this bunch of rabble-rousers we call Americans. Because they, 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 they know so much more and they see so much more and they are so superior. And, and I think that's, that's frankly why we've got what we've got. These, these are folks who have been indoctrinated and embraced this kind of one-world view um, and they see America, by, by the way, in the context of that world, they see America as a problem. They don't see America as a as a force for good. They see America as a problem, the source of imperialism and exploitation and 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 all of that. And, and so they they the, their orientation, I think big tech has the same problem, the same syndrome. They really see themselves as transcendent figures above the mere considerations of patriotism and love of country. And so what happens to these patriots who love our country and these Americans who care about our country is pretty, yeah, you know, that's not, <laughs> it's not really important. In the whole of things, you know, in the broad sweep of things, you know, we're just little ants uh, standing in the shadow of giants who bestride the world with their superior wisdom and understanding. So, yeah, it's not securing our borders is secondary to justice. Oh, brother. Lord have mercy on us. By the way, that study I mentioned was a J.P. Morgan study that showed that President Trump's policies on the border helped to increase wages for Americans because it took that, that low-wage pressure off of having illegal immigrants coming in competing with American wages. So, but they, they continue to, to, to press ahead with, with this, frankly, you can't call it anything less but an anti-American agenda, because that's what it is. We'll be back in a moment. What does the American Family Association stand for? We believe that our ministry, as well as everything in the heavens and on earth, belongs to God. And our role is that of a trusted manager. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies, very powerful. If it's a prodigal child that has just run away, or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. 
Here's a story filled with both tragedy and hope. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International, and Amelia was raised in South Africa, very tragically witnessed the murder-suicide of her own mother and father. The father, a raging alcoholic, would kill the mother before turning the gun on himself. This sent all the siblings in different directions. Amelia ended up with an aunt who did not love her. In fact, forced her into human trafficking, and she would go on to be assaulted by men who never were prosecuted for the crime. Amelia lived with bitter unforgiveness for many years until a Bible League volunteer volunteer introduced her to Jesus and trained her to share Christ with others. And would you know it, 120 Christians have looked upon Amelia and they say what? I want Jesus. And I tell you what, they live where Bibles are non-existent. So we're asking you today, would you step into the stories of these 120 Christians and others around the world who need the Bible at only $5? Make your most generous gift by calling 800-YES-WORD. 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 Or give at sendbiblesnow.org. In so many times, what we convey to our kids is you have to measure up, you have to do this, you have to do that. Dr. Kevin Lehman on Focus on the Family Minute, explaining why it's important not to shame your kids into success. You want kids to enjoy their home? Work the little suckers. Let them give back to the family. Let them pitch in. Have a, a month where we're going to save money on the electric bills, utility bills in this home. And we'll compare... June, July, and November, December, and whatever that is, whatever we save, we're going to have a little family party. We're going to do some fun things. I mean, make kids aware of the reality of what this family unit is all about. What we do, we shoulder everything, and we just give the kids things and wish them success and subtly push them. Dr. Lehman shares about enjoying those special moments you have with your children today at FamilyMinute.org. Back to the Awakening with Bishop E.W. Jackson on American Family Radio. Two quick things, and I want to come to your calls. The number is 888-589-8840. The first is, you know, I think it was Ronald Reagan who said this, but it certainly was applied to him, even if he was not the one who said it. Don't elect people who want to be somebody. Elect people who want to do something. You know, you get these people in Congress who are there because they need the ego boost and they're a disaster. Uh, and they fold like like cheap suits at the least pressure. That's what happened with the 13 who were voting with Nancy Pelosi. They ran undoubtedly as conservatives, but they're not governing as conservatives, not voting like conservatives. So don't elect people who want to be somebody. Elect people who want to do something and then make sure you know what those things are that they want to do. The other thing I'll say is in terms of this, this anti-American policy that is, is really descriptive of the entire Biden agenda, uh, we, we have the, the single greatest number of overdose deaths in the history of keeping records. A hundred thousand people overdosed last year, and we know it's fentanyl which is extremely dangerous, that is producing all these deaths, and it's flooding across our southern border. So not only do we have the wage pressure on Americans affecting our economic lives, affecting our families, but we've got this very dangerous drug flooding across the border, and you don't even hear the Biden administration talking about it. You don't hear them. They could care less. So you got COVID, fentanyl, wage pressure, all of this stuff happening so that that borders uh, complete openness 
is doing a terrible job on the entire country. And Mayorkas tells us that's not what's, that's not what's important. Justice is what's important for the illegal immigrants. Yeah, okay, thanks. 888-589-8840 is the number. Let's get to your calls. We'll get as many in here as we can. Let's go to Chris in Georgia. Chris, welcome. Uh, thank you, Bishop. It's, uh, it's great to be alive today. Yes, sir. Uh, I was wondering about your, uh, if you would have any comments or thoughts about the nation of Israel uh, when they were disobedient to God going into captivity. And it seems like everybody in the, in the whole world today is disobedient. Is there any mm-hmm. relationship between the two? And I, I was just kind of curious about that, if you had any thoughts on it. All right. Well, thank you, Chris. Look, I, I, yes, I believe thank two you, things. Sir. Thank you for the call, my friend. I believe two things. One is I believe that Jesus Christ, in dying on the cross for our sins, uh, he, he exempted us as Christians from the one-to-one ratio I sin, God punishes me, which is what it was like under the law, because our sin has already been paid for. And if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin. And of course, we don't seek to live a life of sin anymore. What about a nation? Well, I believe the same is true in a nation like America, because there's so many Christians here praying. But but I do believe also that that Jesus' death on the cross for our sins does not exempt us from the law of sowing and reaping. You still reap what you sow. Uh, There are still consequences to our wrongdoing. And in that sense, I think America does pay a price for its sin. But I think that the hand of judgment of God is withheld because of the grace of Jesus Christ and because of the many people across this country who love God, love this country, and are praying for America. So I think that's what gives me that's what gives me hope that our country can always be redeemed. We can always turn the corner. We can always bring it back as long as we Christians are willing to stand up and speak up and pray uh, and, and, and make just let God know that we're standing in the gap in, in behalf of the land. And, and we're, we're going to be here to represent him in the name of Jesus. So so but can there be consequences and bad things happen as a result of the bad seed sown? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's always a great danger, which is why we got to turn our nation around. The psalm says the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. And we want to make sure that America is not a nation that forgets God. Thank you for the call again, Chris. Let's go to William in Oklahoma. William, welcome. Yeah, thank you, sir. Uh, I just wanted to make a comment um, about the uh, uh, the left is convicting itself, like Joe Biden, uh, when he said that the $450,000 was garbage, and then somebody said, oh, oh, wait a minute, Joe, oh, we're for that. And then on The View, the redhead, she was talking about how the parents were interrupting the school system, and she was talking about how the band of the Killer Mockingbird well, she should know that it was not, it was the left who banned to kill a mockingbird. So even though they accepted each other, they realized they can't even keep up with their own insanity. Somebody had to tell them, wait a minute, uh, we can say, we, uh, uh, we are saving, oh, 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 we support it then. And then one thing else, though, that you alluded to, uh, yes, uh, the other day, it is a vaccine. That is the point. Nothing else makes sense. They want every man, woman, and child to get the vaccine no matter what. Because remember Ted Talk with Bill Gates? 
reducing the population by 14%. Nothing else makes sense. Nothing, yeah. the vaccine, it doesn't work. It, it does, everything else works better, but they don't want to use it. And they're trying to fire people to uh, force them to use it. All and right. uh, that's all right. William, okay. uh, we, we, we got it, William. Thank you so much for the call. Look, I, I mean, everything you said is, it's on point. It's on point. Um, I, I don't know whether the, they're, they're actually crazy enough to think that they can reduce the population by giving people a, a so-called vaccine that ultimately kills a lot of people. Man, I, I wow. I, you know, I hope that nothing like that is true. You know, things that I used to dismiss easily as conspiracy theories, while I may or may not buy into it, I'm not so dismissive anymore because I've seen so much craziness that you just never know. You know, you think they've gotten crazy enough and they they take one more step in the crazy land. And so you just never know. But I but I think the more likely scenario is, you know, they're making, by the way, the companies that are producing these vaccines are making a thousand dollars per second. A thousand dollars per second according to an economic analysis that I've read. So to me, that's probably the more likely explanation. Get that money no matter what. And if a few people die in the process, oh, well, what's that? That's, you know, I think that's probably more likely the attitude, but I wouldn't dismiss more nefarious intents these days. Thank you for the call to William. Let's go to Teresa in Kansas. Teresa, welcome. Yes, uh, Bishop, thank you very much for taking my call. Um, I, I agree with William, but um, my question was uh, the three people that were shot by Kyle Rittenhouse, we did not know where they came from. It seemed like Kyle was a, a part-time resident of, of Kenosha, right. but but the other people, we didn't know where they came from, and we thought that was very relevant information. Well, I didn't know if you knew that. Yeah, I, you know, that, that's, that's a very good point. I think there's been a presumption that they were all local. Um, one thing we know for sure is that they were all definitely troublemakers. One guy had been in prison for 15 years for a sexual assault on a minor, and so he, he was not a, a uh, uh, he was a bad actor. I mean, he was not a law abiding citizen out there to help the situation. Uh, and, and you're right. They painted Kyle as an interloper, somebody who just got up and came into Kenosha with no good reason. But his father lives in Kenosha and he's actually got connections there. And so he had every reason to be there and to want to be there. So. But you raise a good question about these these three people who were shot, um, just where they were from. I, I don't know. But what we do know is that they were not there with good intentions. That's quite clear. Thank you for the call, Teresa. Let's go to Jake in Kentucky. Jake, welcome. I'm here, Bishop. How are you this afternoon? I am great, Jake. Good to hear from you. Yeah, I was uh, wondering um, the, this. Uh, vote that just took place not too long ago. The thirteen Republicans you were you were talking about, right? You don't you don't you don't believe that's going to transfer in the in the Senate, do you? Or or what kind of Republican Party do we have left? It doesn't seem like we have strong Republicans anymore. I wanted your thoughts on that. Well, hey, Jake, thank you for the call. Look, I, I think 
that there are, are pockets of great strength in the Republican Party. Uh, I think people like Senator Tom Cotton, um, uh, obviously Senator Ted Cruz has been on this program a couple of times, um, and, and there are some others as well. Obviously, I think Josh Hawley is one of them, and uh, these are some of the kind of more young guns. Of course, Senator Cruz has been there for a little bit now. But, but I think that we've got pockets of great strength, and if they provide the kind of leadership that is needed in the Senate, the Senate will do the right thing. But you're right, just because a person has an R, what you're, what you're implying, just because a person has an R beside their name doesn't mean you can rely on them to vote the right way. And that's why all of us have got to hold these public officials accountable. Uh, we can't take anything for granted. So, Jake, thank you so much for the call. Let's see. Uh, we got a couple of others. Are, is, is Joe from Tennessee ready? Um, let's try him. Joe, you, Joe, no? Okay. All right. Well, I right now I'm not sure where we are with the with the uh, with the phone calls, but uh, but look, folks, you you've just got to be prepared to stay engaged because we can't take anything, not a single thing for granted. Okay, you can't take anything for granted. And people need to hear from you. And I'm sure you, you've, you've seen some circumstances in which, well, wait a minute, what, 13 Republicans, what, what is that all about? I, I, look, five years ago, maybe, maybe not even that long ago, uh, nobody would have thought that Liz Cheney would be doing what she's doing. Nobody would have thought that. But when push came to shove, she showed her true colors and it wasn't good. So we've got to be prepared to be engaged. Remember, all of these folks, people like Bob Good and Senator Cruz, that I, I deeply admire, have a relationship with them, but they're still public servants. And, and, and we, the people, are responsible for always reminding folks of that. We do it respectfully, but, but always reminding people of that. And the good ones don't have to be reminded. Well, folks, that's going to do it for today. Thank you all. God bless you. And remember, we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side.